Want me to sing while we wait? Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut some of this out. <laughs> I can't find him. Bonjour, mes amis. <laughs> you want to cut that out, man. <laughs> yeah. Quand on a que l'amour Hey, this is DJ Larry Loco with Rough Rider Rick, representing. <laughs> this is an inside joke for all of those who listened to our last podcast. That was a lot of fun. This is our fourth podcast. This is uh, actually Larry Vasquez here, and uh, joining me, of course, is Rick Arroyo. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing awesome, as always. Very cool, man. Very cool. We've got a great guest today, Alexis Wanaroy. Oh, yeah. Worked That's on right. a fantastic movie. I just saw it this weekend. Loved it. Rise of the Guardians. Yeah, Rise of the Guardians. It seems like it was almost like um, like the Avengers, for, but for kids. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, every, every type of superhero all like, you know, get together. And so it's, it was kind of awesome. I really enjoyed it. My family enjoyed it. So Right on, right on. Yeah, I had a chance to go check it out with my wife. Her and I went on a actually about a month later, but spent and celebrated our 12th year anniversary, went and checked it out. I have a wonderful wife who was willing to go check on an animated movie with me. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Well, let's see. Uh, we found Alexis, our guest today. How you doing, Alexis? Hey, good, good. Am I Just pronouncing good. your name correctly? Uh, Alexis. Alexis. All right. Alexia in French, but whatever. Alexia. I'm really bright, no? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. You, you, look, you look great, man. You look yeah. great. No, no one's going to see you, but they, yeah. they'll hear you. So We'll just say you look great. So that way when they're listening to the podcast, they're like, man, this guy's a good-looking guy. All right. <laughs> Have you had a chance to meet Rick yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know each other, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, How do you guys know yeah. each other? We, we eat at Katsuya sometimes together. You did yeah, what? We, we eat at Katsuya. is a sushi uh, restaurant yeah. here in in um, Studio City, which is amazing, by the way. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> Very cool. We really appreciate your time joining us today. We have both have had a chance to check out Rise of the Guardians, and that's one of the things we want to talk with you about today. Cool. Yeah. Loved it, man. Loved it. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's all just actually just this weekend, uh, Saturday, and um, yeah. really impressed. I definitely cool. think it's probably your, your guys' best movie so far. And that's saying a lot because I, I really like How to Train Your Dragon, which is yeah. another one you worked on. Uh, the first Kung Fu Panda was one of my favorites. And then also Megamind. I've really enjoyed those ones here. And I would say this one here has probably been the best. Uh, when I was at the theater, at the end of the movie, everybody just was stood up and was clapping, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. 3D or? No, just um, standard. Okay. My wife uh, doesn't like the 3D yet. She's uh, kind of gives her a headache. So. <laughs> yeah, my wife too, actually. Yeah. And even that, though, it looked fantastic. It looked really, really good. So big kudos to, to you and the team there. Thank you. Hopefully with these podcasts, we're looking to kind of get the word out there. I've heard both from critics um, uh, online reading those things, as well as those who have attended it and watched it. It's always been positive. So, yeah, if you've not checked out the movie, definitely, definitely go check it out. It's very worth your time and money here. So, uh, yeah. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself here before we jump into there? I was looking at your bio here, and you've actually got quite a few features under your belt, particularly at DreamWorks there. Yeah, yeah. So basically, well, I did the Goblin School uh -huh. uh, in Paris, which is um, uh, the best animation school there is in France, I think, in terms of animation only. Uh -huh. um, and then DreamWorks have recruiters there. So when I graduated, somebody from DreamWorks was there and part of the jury. So... <clears throat> At that time, she said, would you be interested in working for DreamWorks? And I said, of course. I was coming out of school. Like, okay. You're like, uh, let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there was some visa issues and stuff. So I went one year in London to work on, um, on Valiant. It was a pigeon movie, not very big success. and Not a very good movie, but it was a lot of fun to work on. It was, I think it was one of the best uh, movie I worked on in terms of fun with people and stuff. Very good. And then... Um, and then DreamWorks, I know actually, and then I started my own company and DreamWorks called me and said, you want to come and work for us now? And I said, okay, let's do it. So I came, I came here and now seven years later, here I am still at DreamWorks. <laughs> so, so first movie was Flushed Away. Um, that, was, that was fun to work on. Same, it didn't turn out the best as it could, but it was a fun movie to work on. I liked that one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I like some of those quirky humor movies, you yeah. know, where it's just kind of that 
silly doesn't take itself too serious, you know. But in 3D, having the ability to do stop motion faces a bit was really nice. So we had the same principle where we would plug, we would plug those shapes, you know, like the big E or O that were there, and you would plug them so they would pop as, uh, as stop motion do. So it was cool. Uh, and then I worked on B-Movie, which was um, really hard to work on. Didn't like it that much. And then I went on to Kung Fu Panda, which was honestly one of the best movie at DreamWorks that I worked on after... Um, um so um, and then i went to dragons this was very good because of the directors chris and dean are really really good um they made the experience really good for everybody they made a lot of feedback and stuff that was um and then guardians so guardians is the time i've spent the most on a movie it was almost three years on it wow uh, since day one uh, doing all the character development and um and that was a lot of fun. So when you say character development, can you, for those that are, are kind of new to that, well, listening to the podcast, can you give us a description yeah. of what you'd be doing for that? Well, character development is basically you get a character that has never moved and you got to make him um, a person with certain acting, certain movements, certain behaviors. So all that you can invent. So, so that's the best part to me is you have a character that, Somebody has an idea about it, but then you have to make it your own way to to give that idea. You know, like let's say the character is very uh, shaky and he's not sure about himself. So how how are you going to portray that? So that's that's the fun part. Uh-huh. Then of course after that the characters evolve in the movie and throughout the the years they just become something else. But you kind of help establish that though yeah. moving forward. So like let, let's, let, yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you like where do you start when I mean, you, you receive the model, you know, you have, well, yeah. the first look of the model, but where do you start with it? And like, do you start with like a walk? Do you start with... The thing we did on Guardians was boards. There were, we had huge boards where we would pin images of guys. So, for example, for Jack Frost, we would have guys, you know, with hoodie like this and just down and, and skaters and, uh, and guys who do parkour stuff. So we pinned all that. And then from that, we said, oh, we're going to do a test with the hoodie down. Uh, I mean, hoodie help. We're gonna do a test where the guy do some parkour, because they wanted some. They wanted a character that was light and could fly. Almost, they weren't sure about that, but that can react react to wind. And from that, we went to to what you you guys saw. Now that's gonna be kind of fun. Just the iteration process of of kind of kind of feeling almost like a sculptor where you're kind of chiseling away finding stuff you know mining for these little nuggets that you're now kind of using as sparks for new creation of it you know yeah i agree i mean to me this is this is one of the best thing of guardians is how all the characters are different so all the little exploration we could do like the tooth fairy with the hummingbird stuff that was really nice to explore or the sandman with the float uh, floaty field yeah. it was different gravity when he was falling. Um, those type of things were really nice to explore. Even Norse and the way he would he would do, I mean, all those tests, that uh, was the best part. So. Yeah, and, and and how long, like, are you guys working on the character development part? Bef- like, um, do you spend a lot of time before animating, like just doing the research, like, I don't know, a month, two months, three months, then you start animating? No, it's like a year. Most of the time we try to have at least a year of pre-production um, wow. Right now, I'm on a movie. I mean, that's been stopped. But I'm on a movie. I'm on Trolls for DreamWorks, and I have like a year pre production on that. And same on Guardians. I had a year, year and a half almost. And it's going to be the same on Trolls. It's a year, year and a half. So. And like, how many guys are you? Like, do you work just on one character? Are you developing only one character um, separately from the other guys? Or are so you guys for, all working all together at the same time? For Guardians, we're only two. We're just the Hoka and me. For that year before some people arrived on it so then we did all the characters we spent like let's say three weeks per characters uh one week for a little action shot one week for different movement stuff that we could say and one week for acting but everything was really really blocking stuff we never finalized any shot it was really to give ideas give ideas give ideas so I think it's a, a really fun way to do it because you don't go deep into your shot. All little finesse is, is not there. I mean, it's not important at the beginning. It's just to find ideas. So. Yeah. Now, I uh, that's one area I 
I know some people uh, don't care for is the blocking stage because it's kind of difficult to get the ball rolling. For me, I, I love that stage because it's just now kind of getting what's in my head, at least something out on there. Yeah. For you, what what is that process for you? Do you like the blocking stage? Yeah, yeah, I love the blocking stage. I mean, I try to give as much as I can on this, and then the final thing is just polishing stuff. It's just the curve aspect and the a bit of the timing, and but. Yeah, to me the blocking is establishing all the ideas and all the acting beats I wanna I wanna portray. So, so yeah, this is basically the most important part. After all the polishing, I love it, but it takes takes a lot of time for the a little amount of things that are changing to me. But yeah, I think my two favorite parts are the blocking and then the polishing. The stuff in the middle, I find it very, it's, <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's difficult, you know, trying to nail down that timing and. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, those are probably my two favorite parts. And, and you said you're, you're, bro- you're blocking in the preparation. Do you have like a, a go-to process or like, like you know, a way that you, you work, you know, oftenly? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I teach the students that. Uh, I've tried that for the body mechanics a bit just to see how that was working. Um, some people like it. Some, I mean, it depends on what you want to animate. But for guardians or for realistic stuff, I think if you use a method that, it's basically kind of a straight ahead where you go every three frame to key all your stuff on your body. Um, from that, you get a very realistic animation. But at the end, you've got something that also looks right and that feels organic and all that. So um, on Guardians, we used a lot of that where we would copy reference on three frames and then we would actually push stuff out of that. Um, the problem with that is your animation gets very realistic and you don't get a lot of... Um, timing changes so in that case then i use a step method and some body um and then some some body layers on top of that and that usually works but for guardians most of the time i would use the very realistic approach and because we the director wanted really subtlety in the eye the mouse the nose and when things were moving we didn't want to go too far so it was a very good method and then for the face, it's basically I, I work in layer where I, I track my eyes, see what they're doing, then track my lids, then track my brows, and then I animate on top. But this is, again, this is an approach for a very realistic uh, animation, like on Guardians. And now I'm working on the troll, on the troll movie, which is going to be very realistic as well. So, One of the things I enjoyed with Rise of the Guardians, though, and because I... Uh... I was in Ted T's class when he was working on uh, Rise of the Guardians, so you know we kind of hear a little bit about what's going on. I know that it was obviously taking more of a naturalistic feel to it, yeah. but it did not feel at all like it was mocapped. You get some of the movies, and you know Rick and I were talking the other day, or uh, me and somebody else. I'm sorry, we're talking about the other day with um, what's that movie with Tom Hanks in the uh, Polar Express? Mm-hmm. And you know it's an entertaining movie, but you can feel that mocap in there. With Rise of the Guardians, it did not feel that way at all. It felt yeah. it was very, it was still very stylized. It still felt very um, natural for each character too. Yeah, it's basically to me the difference between um, Tintin, Polar Express versus uh, Avatar or Guardians or those type. I mean, it's not the same Avatar or Guardians, but I'm saying more realistic stuff. Is basically it's been animated on top. Yeah. You need, even if you do, like when I was saying, when I do my tree frame stuff, it looks realistic. It would be almost as the same as getting some mocap stuff, but um, at least you interpret it. But after that, you have to push a lot of things to make it appealing, to make it feel like it's moving. Because as when eyes are not moving too much and face is not moving uh, as much as it needs to be, then it feels not real. And uh, that's why Polar Express and those movies, I think, are not working as much. Okay, okay. Um, one of the questions I had is using reference and, and maybe, you know, we're touching up on that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in, I animate, I really, that was, I was introduced to using reference and I really like it and the idea of it. But one of the struggles I had was being able to be free enough to move away from it, you know, so to, to basically get your idea, the acting, the movement, enough mm-hmm. from the reference but without feeling like I was stuck to it because I'd often find that I have to uh, reblock a lot because you know one part here wasn't working now because I'd you know <laughs> reblock that towards my reference and so feeling free enough to move away from it can you mm-hmm. explain maybe more on your process on that where you're using well, your reference but now feeling free enough to move away yeah. from it well my reference I only use for my blocking then then I take it away okay 
So it's just basically for this first, let's say I have a shot in, that's done in three weeks. For the first week, I would use my reference just on my blocking, just to have something that moves realistically. And again, this is for guardians, it's not for, but, and, um, and then from there, I would take off my reference and push things to make it more animation and even put some overlaps on stuff sometimes. And so, so it's really for the first blocking part. So pretty much you're saying that you use the reference as as your your base foundation. Yeah. But you're not you're not building everything from it. You're just using it as as the the core message yeah. or the core. And then that's after awesome. that, that's when you just start now animating. Yeah. But it's a really, I mean, to me, that's the hardest part is actually to animate after that and to make things feel and flow and, and feel animation like like apply of the principle of animation in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, for Rise of the Guardians, though, you were saying that you're kind of blocking more on threes. Is that right? Yeah. So how does that for change two, now? It depends. If you have very sharp movement like this, I'm going to block on twos. You know, like the hand gestures or head and stuff, sometimes we'd be on twos. But for most of the other stuff, I block on threes. And, and then from that, I clean my curves and then I animate. I mean, it's... Start shifting around timing and stuff. Uh, I want to. I want to be on a cartoony movie, and then they put me on something realistic again. <laughs> some some fun stuff. Yeah, because you finally come back to back now with uh, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, and then now um, yeah. Rise of the Guardians. So kind of more both naturalistic. Yeah, actually, How to Train Your Dragon is it's a it's uh, it's a bit less than 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 Guardians, but it's still more than than the first one. I think. Okay. The first how to Train Your Dragon. The second one here? Yeah, I think so. Okay. okay. How was it working with uh, Peter Ramsey? Uh, really nice guy. Um, uh, he had very specific ideas on what he wanted in terms of acting, in terms of um, of the characters, how much that did he want it to be pushed or not. So um, I think for that, animators maybe sometimes could feel a bit frustrated because you want to push things. You want to, you want to try to... But the movie and the tone was different, so so it depends of of um, of the tone to me. You, you, your animation has to be on the same level as as the whole movie. So I think it worked out pretty well to me in terms of that. But yeah, no, we ha- there was a recent um, uh, roundtable with uh, him and some of the other directors on some of the other movies from the other studios, and he seemed like a really good guy and. Yeah, honestly, to, as a guy and as a, a person, was amazing. Really open guy. He would come and drink beers after dailies with us. And really open about everything. So, sorry, I'm gonna. There's someone who knocked on my door, and then my wife went for open it. <laughs> Let's redo that one. <laughs> We're keeping these things pretty loose, so it, it's quite all right. <laughs> Um, now, what were some of the characters uh, that you worked on primarily for the, in the movie? Did you touch all of them, or did you work on some that were more um, predominant? I, I, I worked on Tooth Fairy. I was the the character lead for Tooth Fairy. Okay. So basically, I had um, like a team of. Do you can you hear um, the 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 women or no? A little bit. Let me move into another room, actually. <laughs> See, this is a podcast on the go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So, Gorilla style. <laughs> so I worked. Uh, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Okay. So I worked mainly. I worked on Trisperi. I was the character lead for her. Um, since I did all the early tests, and the Hoka liked what I did with her, he wanted me to try and. And I said, "No, I want to do pitch." And he's like, "Yeah, you need to try Trisperi." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so basically, I I, I ended up doing uh, Tooth Fairy for the whole movie with a team of said of five six guys that were coming on, um, were doing shots with me on her. It was it was cool, very cool experience. Now this is kind of a new, uh, more of a new thing with DreamWorks, right? Where you're kind of having leads of character, right? Whereas yeah. Or you kind of were it's touched really every one of them on the on the movie. Um, for example, when there's a lot of characters. Definitely, there's going to be character leads. When there's only two characters in the movie, you have to have sequence lead no matter what. Maybe you're going to have character experts, but still. Character experts meaning that those guys are going to do the same character throughout the movie. So they re- they know it really well, and, and they know whether what's happening or not. But. So, let me ask you about the two fairy. I mean, um, mm-hmm. 
one, I thought she was done. I mean, she was done. I mean, she was just brilliant. I yeah. really enjoyed her character. I really, I really believed in her as 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 a person. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you: Do you find it like harder animating uh, like a female character, or like yes. what were the challenges? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, again, in terms of reference, it was hard. But I had um, one of the <laughs> my production supervisor was a. Girl that was very uh, active and she looked just like her, so I would use her reference <laughs> for my shot. It was it was really nice that I had her. So, um, um, did did you do any reference of yourself acting like the Tooth yeah, Fairy, which you can share with the audience? <laughs> yeah. We'll put on the site there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was hard. And everything, also, huh? A character, um, a female character to me has to be a bit of. Um, I mean, she has to be appealing and she has to be cute, and but all that sometimes is a bit hard because you want to have uh, another tone to the, to the character where she would be a warrior or where she would be not as pretty. But but so so they wanted a princess, but also a queen, but also a warrior, but also <laughs> always hard for for this type of things. I think the the female characters, but. Well, this goes into one of the questions that uh, someone was posted on our Facebook here, and they the question was how to get into character. You know, you're saying here that you've got a, a gal or a character that's a queen and she's a leader here, but yet she's also a warrior. How do you, as an animator, get into character, get into this character and find the attitude for your shots? Well, what you have to do is, um, well, first of all, again, Peter Ramsey here was a lot of, uh, he really knew what he wanted on this. So, so he knew that he wanted her as a warrior. So he had shots like that in the movie where she would, come and fly and kick some uh, some horse and stuff like that. So that that was the warrior part. And then from that, um, there was also the sweet part and the motherly part when she's on top of the, the kid's bed and, and she offers and all that. So so he knew those moments. And so we talked about this and, and what he wanted out of her. And then from there, I would go to the girl that's my uh, prod soup and ask her to do this or that. Um, the thing... The thing that you have to think about is the way you're going to ask your people to shoot reference if you do it for them. And what I think is very important when you shoot reference is to not um, try to act it. You, you can't think about it. So, okay, I have it's a simple shot where um, where she finds a tooth has been broken and she goes like to the guy like um, and he knows and she knows that he broke the tooth, you know, and she's like, I, I don't know how that happened or. Is this teeth? And for this, I just told her to remember one day I put some bacon pieces on her uh, door knob because I'm a very funny guy. <laughs> and I told her, what, "What did you say after that to me?" Like so. So then she started acting out like this: all those bacon pieces on the door. I wonder how that happened. And just by that, it was a simple thing, you know. So that that was the line. I wonder how that happened, Jack. So so that's the type of thing you have to to try to think of when you when you should reference. So. So for all those moments, different ones, then you, you try to think about Okay, very good. I, I think this uh, reference topic is an amazing topic. I think we should continue on this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm just going to say this, and, and then you could correct me. Uh, so do you think – are you, are you approaching reference, uh, shooting reference two, two different ways? So sometimes you shoot reference yourself, and you're trying to – uh, project what you have in your mind on onto the screen and, and extract from that. But but also when you're shooting reference with someone, you're pretty much directing them, and either you're directing them, giving with uh, strict guidelines, or you're trying to extract something raw. And yeah. and this is what you're trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. I think because okay, honestly, the the level of acting from movies is is impossible to get in animation. To me, we we can't really get that because we're we try to. I mean, animation and acting to me is two different things, and actors especially. Um, when you animate, you have to reproduce all the principles and the fact that it has to, to move nicely, and it's hard to get all the subtleties that actors can get in shots. Uh, it's really, really hard. So, so you have to push things always. Um, and for that reference, if you make it right and then you push it just a little bit, I think most of the time it works. And for that, you need to direct the guys the way you want it. But it's never going to be as good as what an actor can give you in terms of acting. So that's why you need to push it a bit, I think. Um, but the way to approach, I mean, honestly, to me, that's the hardest part is to have reference that works. Because most of my best shot is because the reference was really good. 
and that's that's a shame to me a bit because you rely a lot on that especially for for this kind of movie but but to get the subtlety of things you, you almost need it i would say and so. and and getting your best reference do you find you get your best reference example you said you were um doing it with with your friend uh who's acting out the the two fairy did you find you got the best reference when you did not act it out in front of her and you tried to extract it naturally or did you find yeah. it was easier yeah. for her, her to understand you just giving a, a really small example it was for her it was naturally but i know another girl um that did some tests for shadows and she had the line and she did exactly the line um she repeated a lot a lot a lot and then she did exactly the same way that she the other girl did and she acted out it was working really well like this So I think it depends of all, also with the people. If you're working with real actors, honestly, there's just just ask them to act to act out the line. If you're working with with friends from work and stuff, that uh, or if if there's actors at work, tell them to act the line. But but that's the thing, you know. Most of the time, real actors is it's a different thing. Do you find that you like your reference that you typically do, or do you feel like you have to re use? Uh, I use I use people a lot. Okay. But, me because i'm not really good at it <laughs> i'm always trying <laughs> great animator but but you don't find that you're the best actor <laughs> that's the thing it's i mean to me it's very two different things i mean you can be the best animator and not be great i mean like mel call for example is not the best actor but just the fact that his drawings are so beautiful and the way things move is just just stunning so yeah yeah it's what matters what's up on the screen right by the yeah. end Yeah, I just want to say this comment, and and I think you know anyone can comment. I know often we say animators are actors, but we can also say animators are more directors trying to yeah. extract the best performance possible. Yeah, and we're not necessarily the one who's acting. We're just extracting the information from either from reference or, or you know, from a drawing or a thumbnail or whatnot. So I thought I think that you know some animators can be both, you know, a right. great director and a great animator, but some. You know, a lot of animators are probably better just, you Directors know. Directors or actors, huh? Yeah. That's a good point. And that's one of the things that's kind of fun. I think that's why people are, are liking stuff like these, these interviews where they can glean little pieces like that or they resonate with someone like you. We're going, oh, no, no, I, I don't like my reference that I shoot, but I, I feel like this is the area that I really excel in. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about a little bit, um, you know, what were like the challenges compared to to our movie like kung fu panda i mean kung fu panda was like one of my i love kung fu panda one because i just love kung fu and i love pandas i think they're cute so <laughs> great But, combo you know yeah yeah great combo so what was like what was like the the different challenges and what character did you animate on kung fu panda by the uh, way panda pretty much animated everybody no not tai long i wish i could have animated tai long at least one but all the characters um all the rest the shifu the po the five Uh, Ugwe. Uh, but I wasn't too long on it uh, because I was on B-Movie for most of it. And so I had to animate, I think, like six months on it, maybe. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, I love that movie. For the team, the team spirit on that, that movie was great. Did um, you find it challenging the so, switching to the movie so quickly? Mm, no, it was to me, it was kind of similar uh, in terms of, of style. It was cartoony, a bit pushed. Uh, I mean, nothing to compare in terms of animation and character appealing but but in terms of animation to me it was it was it was uh i used my same technique as i had back then so which i was just actually i was doing stuff in step just right out of the box with just little drawings no reference at all um but um Yeah, no, Kung Fu Panda was a lot of fun. And all the Kung Fu fight stuff was done by uh, Rodolf Genoden. Most of the time, he would do all the 2D, and he would give you those movies of the 2D, and then you would animate with that. So that was a lot easier. The guy was super talented. And... <laughs> yeah, man, he's a great guy. Awesome guy. Now, uh, kind of hitting back on reference here, but particularly like what Rick was talking about in regards to Kung Fu Panda, where you have so many different types of characters, different body styles and stuff, how do you adapt the reference that you you shoot or you get someone else to shoot to fit with that rig? Well, so back then I didn't use reference, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, even like, okay, yeah, I guess you were on Tooth Fairy Head. I, I can tell you from, from KFP2, um, because people used reference on KFP2, um, that it actually worked. It, they just feel a bit too human sometimes, I think. 
but you know, okay for you and your your workflow though i think poe is okay but maybe some of the um, some of the wolf or some of those things uh could have been maybe a bit more um but i think it's also part of the rig that was not really nice and i mean uh, it's just i don't know i think i think when you work with different characters the most they act like humans so they're still you're going to be able to to be okay okay you know, Tigress is standing up. For Viper, it's a bit different than for this. You just animate it just right out of the box with just step stuff. Okay. Because I know sometimes dealing with, you know, with Skyscraper or uh, Hero Rig, you yeah. know, he's got obviously a lot broader shoulders and bigger torso than maybe most <laughs> animators and stuff. So how do you adapt your reference that you would either shoot with this gal here for Tooth Fairy or just any other rigs that you're looking at? You're going, okay, here I have some a good solid piece of reference. How do I adapt that to this character now? This it rig. Depends. For Tooth Fairy, um, I would use, when when she was moving a lot at the beginning, I was using just a hummingbird uh, type of motion. And I was trying to get that same feeling. And then on top of that, then I would take my reference and shoot my acting. Um, but the other way I would do it around is if I had an acting that I really liked, I would use the acting and then I would, would add the thing after. So it depends. Okay. Okay. But um but that's one way of doing it for her, for example. I think for skyscraper it's okay, you just you just put your arms the same way anyway, they're gonna drop the same way no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you're just trying to get the essence of what you have in the reg right. or in right. the reference and yeah. adapt that. Yeah, I mean that's the difference between mocap and copying references. You right. you still get the essence and not every every single curve that you have to clean. At the end it's gonna give you the same result, it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. The voice actor. Oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Larry. I'll let you go. I'll, I'll come back to it. Okay. <laughs> the, the voice acting for this movie, I thought, was really fitting for the characters as well. Yeah. Um, yeah it was really uh, nice, I think. How do you feel, you know, when you're hearing this? I forget the gal's name who played Tooth Fairy. Uh... Isla Fisher? Yes. I, mean, yes. I, I, I love Isla Fisher and because of because uh, she's cute. But, uh, <laughs> I know it was, um, you know, in um, Wedding Crashers. Uh, that character that's crazy and and at one moment she does one line where she goes cuckoo and what the kids say and stuff and then we redid that at the beginning it was uh, the Hoka actually uh, Gabe Hordos who did that did the test of her saying that line and um, and they loved it because she was doing some faces and and she was uh, sparkly so so from there they went and they they pushed a bit of that side and um, and so they wanted Ayla to do that. So for an animator, how how key is uh, getting the right voice for it? Oh yeah, it's it's important. Your sh- if the voice is not right, your shot is not gonna it's gonna it's not gonna work no matter what. It's gonna shot. struggle, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, voice is so important. Yeah. So uh, while you were doing your character development, did did you have um, any you know voice clips or any temp voice actors while you were creating the character? Yeah, yeah. There was some. Um, they call it um, what do they call it? Well, cam something. And basically, yeah, we had those um, that we could look at and actually use as a reference. But most of the time, when actors they read, uh, it's not really working. I think, you know, they don't act it out; they're just here reading it and trying to give intonations. But uh, so sometimes you get little gestures. Depends of who is uh, recording their voice, but most of the time they you you won't see them um, move as much and act as much so so do you just use the 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 you know the the recording the video recording just to look at their lip sync or anything or yeah actually for lip sync but what i do for lip sync also sometimes i shoot my lips and then i try to see how it moves and then i try to to mimic that um depends or i just do my shapes like the eye or it, it depends but um but it was mainly to see uh, for the little kid it worked out re- really well because he was he was trying to act it a bit more, so we mm-hmm. used reference for the kids in the in gardens. But Ayla Fisher not so much, but she she because most of the time she, she didn't want to do it because she was pregnant and so. <laughs> that didn't help. How has your um, workflow changed throughout the years working on these movies? More reference, more reference, and more reference. <laughs> <laughs> I reference flushed away. I didn't use any B movie, any Kung Fu Panda, no Dragons. I started, and then Guardians became an addicted, an addiction. Do you like it? 
I want rehab now. I want a cartoony movie. Um, yeah, I really like it. I think it's giving good results for a lot of people. So you don't feel like it's taking away the freedom of that creativity because you're just using it more for your blocking stage, right? Yeah, and actually, when I don't need it, I won't use it. It's really more for the acting stuff. If if I want some ideas like the Sandman, the character, you know, the little walk and the and, and when he falls and stuff. All those things when when we did back then was just animated, no reference. So it really depends on the shots also and what I want to what I want to do in there. I'm I'm I just encourage students to use it because I think you learn a lot from the reference and how your character moves and why does it move like this and in the way your body shifts and in your weight and and what your body really does. To me, it's it's more important for that than anything else at the beginning. After I want to use reference really for my acting, just to have. Uh, some credibility in there because yeah. I don't do the old accents things on everything and, and thing moving for the sake of moving I want I want some some acting in there that's that's sincere so so what are some of your favorite shots to work on do you like more of the sincere stuff like you just mentioned there or some of the yeah. cartoony no, I like the sincere stuff yeah okay because that's I, what you said you mentioned you wanted to work on pitch huh Fish was a really good character. You end up, I mean, I really liked him, but I know some people didn't, but I thought he was really, really good. Oh, I thought he was really good. I think Jude Law's voice worked really well with it. At the beginning, we had we had some time to do some shots, and I did one of Pitch that comes. Uh, let's 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 say this is a boy here, and he comes next to it, and he just says something in his ear, and it was really creepy, and and I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> I showed it to the producer, and they were like. Like almost offended how 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 it was. <laughs> it's going a little dark there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah to push it a bit. <laughs> Actually, I think it was really nice the way it handed to me. It's pitches, it's cool. In terms of animation, really, I think. yeah. Well, I was gonna ask um, earlier. Uh, in regards to to the reference, um, I know DreamWorks has a, a mocap studio, and yeah. and uh, if I remember correctly, um, Puss and Boots they use a lot of uh, the mocap for the dancing part, which they would give to the animators. And did the if I remember correctly, the animators just rekeyed They didn't. They pretty much copied the the mocap, just um, but made and pushed I, it into more. I'm not completely sure because I I, I didn't work on it, but I think. Um, I, th- I mean, the mocap room is for um, rough layout, which means previous, it's before you animate. So there's always character that moves in your scene. Um, we'd, we'd, for Guardians, we would use it a lot. Actually, animators would put their suit on, they would go in the mocap room, and then we would shoot the whole sequence. So meaning that we would move in certain areas, we would talk there, and then we would move there, and then there was all this fight happening. So it was to set up the characters and the cameras so that they would feel right and they would do what they were needed to do. Because when you have um, a layout artist that makes a guy walk like this and you're not sure he's actually going to be able to go to the end of the room, it's a good way to actually know how many steps he's going to do and how many do you need time for all that. So so we used it for that. Um, I th- and I think Puss in Boots was the same. It was yeah. just basically this and then they animated the same because they, they, they had real uh, dancers coming and doing that. So they wanted to use all their little movements and stuff. But I don't know if they had the data or not. If they, I actually don't know about that. I think Jason mentioned in one of the uh, weekly demos that it was just for the rough layout like you mentioned there. They don't use any of it after that. They just see it in the rough layout. Because, you know, uh, I always tell oh, everyone – I always tell everyone that uh, you know I think mocap is a great tool. It's a fantastic tool, and and, and there's a a great place for it in in our industry, regardless if it's film, games, or or television, yeah. and even commercials. But it's just a question how you use it and how you be creative with it. And that yeah. you know students and animators shouldn't be scared of of uh, motion capture. I mean I mean look at Weta, the stuff oh, they do with what yeah. motion capture, but they still rekit, yeah. I would love to. I would have loved to work on that movie. I mean, I have a, a guy who works with us now, Jalil, was an, an avatar on Apes and all stuff, and he said he loved it. I mean, he wanted to change because he wanted to have more cartoony, and he came on 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 Guardians, but <laughs> he, he wanted to work on Mad Three. He's like, okay, here you are on Guardians. So. <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, to me, the stuff that you get out of mocap is. It's really, really good. I mean, depending on, on again, on the movie and the tone of your movie, it's it's only about that and, and what tools is best after. Using kind of more of the as a blocking. Uh, yeah. 
stage, huh? Yeah. Right now, they're, at DreamWorks, they're working on Peabody and Sherman, and it looks stunning. It's just, for once, I'm so happy with how DreamWorks, uh, the appealing of it. I've just seen the one the, the poster with uh, Peabody and Sherman on there. Okay. Yeah, it looks really it's cool. It's really, really appealing. Yeah. Well, it's got no textures for once. What's that? It's got no textures for once, you know, on the face. I mean, we never uh, do those kind of things at DreamWorks, so. <laughs> now, uh, working with the rigs on Rise of the Guardians, where they are shooting more for that um, higher believability or higher detail, how is that working with the rigs there? Is that more stuff that they deal with afterwards, or is that stuff that no, you're still... So we were, when since I was uh, at the beginning, we had to create all the rigs and, and see how they were going to work and ask for specific stuff. So so we added a few controls just to make it more realistic, like the lipstick. It was probably was one where, you know, when you're open, your lip kind of stick together. Uh-huh. It's just the inner part that stick. It's not the outer. So it's not like a seal. Uh-huh. So for that, we use the control and make it like when we open, and and same for the scalp, and same for uh, little movements here. That we usually usually don't have a DreamWorks, so we ha- we ask for those, and, and we try we've tried to push it a bit in that way. We was it harder to... working with rigs like that that were a little bit more detailed? Yeah, it was a bit more tedious. Yeah, I think so. More but controls. at the end, you knew what you were doing. You were going really fast and really appealing stuff, and very quickly. So okay. So you got just kind of like anything else, you get used to yeah, it. You get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I really liked the level of detail on this movie, not just with the characters, but with the environments as well. You know, bring up Tooth Fairy and her. Yeah. I, want, I want to call yeah. it a stage like it's a video game, but her the place. Yes, <laughs> just beautiful, just amazing. Yeah. And I'm thinking here's just, you know, the shots that are here for just, you know, however long. But yet it just it looked gorgeous. The lighting, the surfacing, everything. It just this movie seemed like it was really just that high caliber all the way around. Yeah. That's why I ask you if you've seen it in three D or not, because to me the only problem that I have with Guardians is almost everything is too clear everywhere. Like you, you when when I've seen it in two D I see everything everywhere all the time. They don't have a lot of of depth and at, and when you see it in 3D, actually they had it that depth with the 3D, and it's a bit better for that. But, okay. Uh, I, I don't like 3D movies. Huh? I have to say, but <laughs> for that matter, it was better in 3D. So, but I agree. I mean, they they have a lot. Um, they had a lot done in all those places. It's yeah. Just nuts, but it even but, pitches. Uh, I don't know, again for those who haven't seen it yet, but even his labyrinth or whatever you'd call that thing, it was just really neat looking and uh i'm thinking it was, it was creepy man it was scary yeah yeah you know? <laughs> i still have nightmares man. Good, good job guys but I, I'm, yeah. I'm scared to sleep i have my nightlight on so yeah <laughs> sleep with a flashlight now huh yeah <laughs> now how much of uh the detail of the scenes are in there when you guys are working as animators um not much actually we try to hide as much as we can because then it gets super slow but that was the old um software we used at dreamworks now we have a new one and it's really good i'm really happy because i can see we're a lot of having a lot of that in there uh yeah it kind of helps with the mood gardens was really hard for that because whenever you had too much detail everywhere it was just super slow super slow super slow okay okay so this is on the previous uh previous software yeah yeah so now now everything is real time Right on. <laughs> we have real time. Before, we couldn't even scroll in the scene. That was not possible. It was just, you had to recalc, and it was just in your camera view. It was not even updating your 3D view or nothing. Oh, okay. Sounds okay. fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was old. So it's, now we have real time, and it's good. We're it's, happy. it's, I think, a little bit more amazing than what you guys are able to accomplish then. I think it's just, it's that <laughs> much more. Crazy. You all think big studios have the best stuff, but I can tell you games have the best stuff. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you like them so good in terms of the way they do stuff. It's so so smart. Like well, you know, just, like, years years behind. Honestly, <laughs> the advantage like, game has is that you know we have all these great engines that lets us you know do things pretty much real time. You know, we could throw in an environment, and we have the animations. We could put it in. If we need to change environment, it won't it won't be destructive on animations for the most part, depending yeah. on if it's a scripted event or not. So yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, even um, what, I don't know if they use uh, a game engines or, or one of the plugins, but they, they had a shot of Iron Man when he gets um, 
he gets uh he's fighting uh thor in the forest and he you know he punches yeah. gets hit on the tree they used they did that dynamically you know they generated the him flying into the tree giant dynamically just to get the physics out of it and then they then they use that as as a reference yeah, to key it's it. really clever. I, I just think that that idea i think you yeah. know that we use in games is, cool. is is very practical so but you know you even have some of this stuff here within the studios now that they're using more of these um uh cameras now uh what yeah, do they call them carson yeah, board, for... uh, carson cameras or are... yeah where they're actually yeah, we have able... that that's good. I, I'm so happy we have that. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Al, Alex also uh, does our um, when we do our live interviews. He often is one of our, our camera guys, so yeah. he, he's really good with the camera. So man of many talents, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, DreamWorks the camera is always a bit um, underlooked. Uh, yeah, it's not. Another, I mean, Pixar movies cameras are always like like Ratatouille is spot on in terms of camera. It's just nuts. But I mean, it's Brad Bird. Same with Incredibles. Actually, it's just nuts. And yeah, and you can tell that sometimes. You know, I think Guardians was okay. It's just it could have. Um, I think it's okay. It's just it feels too big all the time. Too too much. I think in some places. So. Huh. Now, what's so your you background? That? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just. I bought a camera like three years ago, and um, and I always love looking at movies and how things are composed. And but I think it's when the DSLR started making cameras. I mean, movies that look that great. I just jumped on it and and, and tried to do it. This kind of segues to another question I had. I think last time with one of our interviewers, what is something else that you enjoy doing outside of animation that you kind of feel like? pushes you like I've, i mentioned some of our instructors you know do music or you know, martial arts or whatever it might else be well just, what's that yeah, i i do little short movies or documentaries or stuff like this i saw the one i think it was uh in Kauai. you and your family yeah, yeah it was my family so awesome. this is just like family movie or um i did one uh, documentary on alberto mialgo is a painter um that does uh, all the Tron TV series. He did all those. And he did also the Beatles, uh, rock band um, commercials, all those. So he's really, really amazing artist. So there's Moonshine also on all the, the DreamWorks artists um, that created that book. So I filmed a few of them and I edited that a documentary on those guys. So, so things like that. It's fun to do. It's just, just on my spare time. So Do you ever see yourself getting into the more of the directing level or... I don't know. It's. I think it's hard to to live. I mean, to live with it, you have to be really good. I don't think I. I'm, not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. So. <laughs> Do you have any other? You had a question, Rick. I cut you off on man. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. I'm now put, you let me talk. I'm gonna no. put you on the side. I'm gonna put you on the spot now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I I totally I totally forgot what the question was, but. Um... <laughs> I, I forgot my question. All right. Okay. Well, uh, how many blocks have you been teaching at iAnimate? One. This, is your, this is your first block. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think so far? Have, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, I love it actually. That to me, you know, you had a spare time. What do you do? Well, now I teach. Just I don't have any more time to direct anything, or just I teach. <laughs> well, that's we like having you here, so that's block. good. I had to think about all the classes, what I was gonna say, and, and it was a bit more of a thing, like almost week per week, and it was it was hard. It was really hard. I love it though, but it's. Because I remember being a student and some some teacher, uh, the way they would teach, I was expecting more, and now I'm always like, oh, I hope I'm not like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's pushing a bit of the challenges, and it it made me also rethink of the way I animated before and what I was getting out of that. Because when I arrived on the class, I was telling them, yeah, do that three frame thing, try it, and the more I asked them to do that, the more it looked all their animation was very realistic. And so I asked them, well, try another method, try the step one. And they actually, most of them wanted to try something else because they felt a bit of that. So, so I think for this type of study, it was really good for me to, to realize those, those things and to look back at that. So, Good deal. Good deal. Now, how have you enjoyed uh, seeing the enthusiasm with the students? Has that been something that's kind of pushed you? Yeah. yeah. Like last class, they liked it for once. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I, I the thing is I, I I didn't know how to do it as um, as much as I have wanted you know like how do you present your class what what do you use or not and basically last week I think I 
I found out the best way to do it in terms of video and images and Maya and all this. So. Okay. Do you feel like the way we've done the live sessions uh, has been beneficial for you wanting to, and how you want to teach? Um, like the live reviews and things of that nature. Have, have you felt like that's been uh, – that accommodates well, how you want to be able to teach and give – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really good, yeah. I okay. really like it. I just need to to look at the progressive uh, progress reel and just – do that and um, write to my students actually. All right, we're we're approaching the last week or last uh, week or so of uh, our block. And for those that don't know, basically what we do here is we don't do grades. Uh, we basically have a progress rule that's submitted here, where your instructor and uh, Jason kind of evaluate whether or not you've progressed enough to move on to the next uh, workshop. And and if not, it's not you know. A fail. It's just a matter of going to take a block off, work on the assignments again that you've uh, done this last block, and then resubmit it for the next one. And, and so this has kind of allowed us to get our students where they're they're fitted for the next workshop. It's not just passing someone along. They're definitely progressing enough to where they can uh, tackle the next workshop. Yep. It was really good class, actually. Really, really nice student. Really nice, uh, nice animation in there. Anything else you want to share with us while we got you on? Go see Rise of the Guardians. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Go see it. I mean, honestly, it was it was a lot of fun to work on it. It was very challenging, but it was a, it was fun. At the end, it was the team was really really connected, and especially um, yeah, especially with a few of those guys, we would always go together and do stuff. And it was nice. Rick, you got anything? Alexia, yeah. you know, thank you, thank you very much for for doing Thanks. this and sharing uh, you know your experience and your know hows and. It was cool. And workflow, yeah, absolutely. We got to have you uh, come again uh, when you finish your next feature or, you or, you know. And uh, Larry, like uh, David Barr said, you have a wonderful voice. So. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, uh, we really appreciate your time very much and uh, right. really appreciate you. you being a part of iAnimate. It's been cool. Cool. All right. Thanks All right. very much, Thank guys. You. Thank you very much for having me. This absolutely. Was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, guys. That, we're out. Quand on n'a que l'amour à s'offrir en partage Au jour du grand voyage Qu'est notre grand amour Quand on n'a que l'amour Mon amour, toi et moi Pour qu'éclate de joie Chaque heure et chaque jour Quand on n'a que l'amour